It is Tuesday, April 23rd, and I'm recording my second full official podcast episode um, after publishing my first official podcast episode last week. Um, I got a lot of really, really great feedback from a lot of people. Um, I kind of published it on a whim. I'd been thinking about it. I was going to record a few, see how they turned out, sit with them for a little bit. But after I finished recording the last week's uh, episode, I was just like, I'm just going to publish it. And I did. And uh, a lot of really nice people left a lot of really nice comments, uh, gave me a lot of feedback on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, so I want to thank everybody for their feedback. Um, now I'm more encouraged to make this thing sound better than it already does. As I mentioned before, I'm still learning. I'm still figuring things out, but, um, yeah, uh, I, hearing from everybody it was really it's been really really great um i want to hear more i'm hoping that you'll leave me suggestions about what uh i should do next um the one thing i really don't like about this format this podcast format is there's not a lot of the limitation that i can't really have immediate feedback from people. When I would blog, people would leave comments like immediately, whether they liked it or not, they would let me know um, what they were thinking. You guys would let me know what you were thinking. And uh, with this format, that's not really the case. Uh, Yes, you can leave me comments on social media and I'll get them eventually, but there's not really like a back and forth like on a blog. Um, So I need to figure out how to make that happen because One of the things I loved most about writing was that I got um, to speak to people and they could speak back to me and it was kind of like a two-way conversation and this podcast format is pretty much a one-way street. You're kind of captive to to me talking about whatever I want Um, and I appreciate you listening but I need to figure out a way for us to interact. Um, I also kind of got to get out of my blog brain. The only way I know how to do what I do is what I've done for so many years was, you know, in, in order, in chronological order, in daily order, I would talk about the news of the day, A, B, C, D, E, publish, and then the next day, A, B, C, D, publish. And that will work in, in this format. And that's what I'm doing right now, but I still need to figure out a way to make it more podcasty, I think. Um, you know, I, I'm still figuring it out. So, you know, as, as I go along, hopefully, uh, this will, you know, flesh itself out, um, based on feedback, based on trial and error. So we'll see how that goes, but I definitely need to adapt, um, adapt to this new format, but I also want it to stay familiar. I want it to feel like a pink is a new podcast. It's not a blog anymore. It's a podcast. Um, I really appreciate that people are telling me that it reminds them of the blog. Um, you know, I, I had friends who say, oh, it's like we were talking on the phone, except for you were doing all the talking. And I had other people say, oh, it's kind of like you reading your blog to me. 
And I loved hearing both of that. Um, so I want to keep it familiar, but I also need to evolve. So let's get to it. A lot of stuff happened this week. A lot of really great stuff and stuff that has had me itching to talk um, <laughs> a lot. So let's go. On Wednesday, last Wednesday, Beyonce dropped her new uh, live album Homecoming that went along with the release of her Netflix documentary of the same name, I believe, which is um, a concert recording and behind the scenes documentary of her famed Coachella performance that she did. And uh, I mean, it's amazing. Beyonce is amazing. I love my pop queens. I love people to death. But I am resolute in saying that Beyonce is the best live performer I've ever seen in my entire life on, on, a, big, on a big stage. Um, I've seen the best people ever perform, big stages, little stages, and every show is unique and every show is different. But when we're talking massive, you know, arena, um, 10,000 feet tall video screens. Nobody does that better than Beyonce. That woman can sing and dance all at the same time uh, for hours on end with like the tightest band ever, the tightest dancers ever. It's, it's stunning to watch. So the release of Homecoming was really exciting for pretty much everybody. It was a surprise drop. The album was a surprise drop. People knew the documentary was coming, but the album was a surprise drop. So that was kind of cool. Um, the other thing that happened on Wednesday was Time released its 100 list of most influential people. And of the 100, there are a few that I really, really loved and want to shout out. Nancy Pelosi um, was selected as one of this year's Time 100. And her the article or about her was written by Hillary Clinton, who is like a hero of mine. Um, Hillary has formally been on the Time 100 list, but I'm not going to go there. We're talking about this year and this year. Nancy Pelosi's on that list. Um, Sandra Oh is on the list this year. Actress Sandra Oh and her article was written by Sandra, Sandra Rhymes. Shonda Rhymes, sorry. Shonda Rhymes. And I am a new Sandra Oh fan. I know that she's been killing the game uh, for many, many years, um, most famously for Grey's Anatomy. But Grey's Anatomy is not really a show that I was into. Um, but Sandra Oh now stars in the BBC America series Killing Eve. And fuck, man, she is so good in this show. So, uh, I am a huge, huge, huge Sandra Oh fan now. I'm going to have to go back and watch her other stuff to see if I love it as much as I love her work on Killing Eve. Um, but I'm glad to see that Sandra Oh was listed this year as the, in the Time 100. Um, Taylor Swift, uh, again, one of the pop queens. She was listed. Her article was written by Shawn Mendes. I'm not a big Shawn Mendes fan, uh, but he's a big Taylor Swift fan, so I gotta love that. Um, Ariana Grande, another pop queen, listed in the top, uh, the Time 100, and her article was written by Troy Sivan, who I love, love him, love her. Um, so those are my faves from the Time 100, and there are other political people and however, 95 other people on the list, but those are the ones I wanted to shout out. 
Um, right before I published uh, my podcast last week, um, Madonna had just released her new song, Mendelin, and I hadn't heard it yet. Like, the song had been released, I clicked published, and then I listened to the song. And I like the song. I really do. I didn't have really high expectations because Rebel Heart, her last album, wasn't super one of my faves. And the way that the album was released, I mean, it was leaked all over the place, like just a mess, just really messed up the launch of that album. So this year, this era, I'm very glad to see that so far, um, things seem to be on track for the release of Madonna's new album, Madam X and Mendelin, her song with Maluma. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about, like, it sucks. or what, People just love to hate Madonna. And it doesn't matter what Madonna does. They'll, they'll, they have shitty things to say. Um, I'm going to, I'd be honest. You know, if I like a song, I like it. If I don't, I don't. And this song I really like. It gives me, like, new La Isla Bonita vibes. Um... I don't know Maluma very well, but I really liked his little rap on it. People thought that he was on it too much. I, I think he's on it just fine. I think it's a very nice feature for him. Um, and it's a song that gets better the more you listen to it. Um, I liked it the first time I heard it, and then the more I listened to it, man, it's a bop. And I really wanted, like, a bop from Madonna. I'm sure the remixes are going to be killer. And if this is... Um, a sign of what's to come on Madame X. I am all for it. So, yeah. Love the song. Can't wait to hear more. On Thursday, the big news on Thursday was the release of the Mueller report. And, I mean, what what am I going to say about that? After months of waiting, it still remains to be seen what will happen. Um, I've sadly lost hope that the right thing is going to happen in this country. I feel like this horrible, shitty administration that we're stuck with is going to, you know, it's not going to go anywhere until the next election. So I've long since given up any kind of hope of like real justice. Um, So with things like the Mueller report, yes, you know, I, I feel like it has validated a lot of what my fears were and what nothing's gonna come of it nothing's gonna come of it so here we are a week later nothing has really come of it um but i will say that the memes were pretty much on point um memes of like what the redacted Mueller report looked like versus like a, a black and white dress that taylor swift wore that was a pretty funny meme you know and at this point i i just want to laugh to keep from crying because it seems hopeless, and every day is a nightmare in this hellscape that we call America. So let's move on. Um, it's too depressing to get into, so we're going to keep on moving. Um, the other big thing that happened on on Thursday was that <laughs> Jason Momoa shaved his beard for the first time in seven years. So we, the Jason Momoa that we know, the Jason Momoa that looks like Khal Drago with his big bushy beard... Um, big old thick muscly Aquaman with his wet beard that beard is gone uh homeboy shaved it off to raise awareness for recycling and the environmentalism in general and people were you know of course freaking out uh crying about it oh I think he looks great he looks good with the beard he looks good without the beard I think uh with the beard gone he looks like he de-aged by 10 years 
but whatever. So he went from daddy back to hottie and I am here for it. So Jason, shave your beard, grow your beard, do your thing. I'm, I'm all about it. You look good, man. And, uh, I think it's kind of cool that he did this to raise awareness because we're talking about a man shaving his beard and it's meant to help, uh, raise awareness for recycling and environmentalism right before Earth Day. So all of that was pretty cool on Jason's part. On Friday, Tiffany, the, one of the original, well, one of the pop stars from the 80s. It was Tiffany and Debbie Gibson. Tiffany reissued a new version of her hit song, I Think We're Alone Now, re-recorded for 2019. She even recorded a video, filmed a video um, that's very similar to the video that she released back in 87, I want to say. I think that's when... Uh, her debut album came out and I Think You're Alone Now came out. That song was a bop back then and it's it's still a bop. It's a great song. It's a cover, but um, Tiffany definitely made that song her own and this new version of it is sick. Killer. Love, love, love it. Her vocals are awesome. Um, she looks good and Tiffany is my girl. Back in the day, I love Tiffany and I love Debbie Gibson, but Tiffany was my favorite, you know, like Debbie Gibson had hits and I loved her too, but Tiffany was my favorite. So I'm so glad that she's back. I'm glad that she's back. Who knows what she's going to do next? You know, if she's going to put out a new album, she hasn't putting out music for the past few years. Um, and she's doing shows. I think she's going on tour this summer with new kids on the block and Debbie Gibson, which is kind of fun. The mixtape tour. And if I would, I would love to see it. So we'll see. We'll see if, uh, when that tour comes down, if I get to see her. So Tiffany, someone who I didn't think I'd be talking about in 2019. Um, but I'm glad that I am and I'm glad that she's back and go check out that song. Um, the other big news for me on Friday was I went to see princess in concert. So princess is, um, Maya Rudolph's little music project with uh, her partner Gretchen Liebman. Um, they perform Prince songs, and they perform Prince songs as if they are, as if they were channeling Prince through their bodies. So, because you know that Maya Rudolph is funny, um, it's it's a little bit of a funny um, performance, but it's really really good. This they their shows. I, I say this without any exaggeration whatsoever. Their shows are the best Prince kinds that you're going to get without getting to see Prince. So Prince may be gone, but we have Princess. And I'm telling you, if you could see these ladies in concert, their band is amazing. The songs that they do are amazing. They do all 80s Prince songs. Um, it was like, I think it was the first night of Passover or it was Passover night or however, whatever. And, uh, in the middle of controversy, uh, Maya did the spoken part, you know, people call me rude. I wish we all were nude. I wish there were no black and white. I wish there were no rules. But before she did that, she broke into like a Jewish prayer with Baruch Atah, Adonai or whatever. It was hilarious. I mean, it's, it's such a great show. So that alone is worth talking about. I could 
talk forever about how amazing these shows are and me talking about it isn't doing anybody justice you need to go see them in concert if princess is coming to town and you are even remotely a prince fan you need to see them in concert because i'm telling you they are going to blow you away but as if that show couldn't get any better because it was amazing in and of itself they brought out wendy wendy and Susanna melvoine to perform with them during their show Wendy Melvoin was the guitarist in Prince Prince's band The Revolution performs the guitar solo in Purple Rain. I mean legends. When you talk about like legend, you're talking about Wendy Melvoin and Susanna, her twin sister, was Prince's former girlfriend at the time during the revolution days. He was dating her. He wrote so many of his songs for her and about her. So to see uh, Wendy and Susanna come on stage to perform with Princess was amazing. Like, just a dream come true. I've never seen Wendy Melvoin perform. um, So it was such a thrill. I I was losing my shit. I recorded, um, I filmed on my phone the entire performance of Purple Rain, which I have uploaded on um, my YouTube. So it's on my Facebook. Uh, Hit me up. I'll send you the link. You have to watch it. It's awesome. 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 Such a great show. Um, On Saturday, I spent some time watching television to catch up, and I managed to finish, to start and finish the entire second season of Star Trek Discovery, which is the newest Star Trek series that is available only on CBS streaming. So you have to like get their streaming service to get it. Um, I watched it last season. I loved it. I thought it was silly. I thought it was fun. Um, so I enjoyed it. The whole thing they did with the Klingons and all of that, I thought was like weird, but cool. I was, I was here for it. Um, and season two, I went in with no expectations. And let me tell you, shit, this season was ridiculous. It's, it's like this lush and delicious looking show with lights and crazy special effects. And all the technology you see in the show is light years more advanced than anything we've seen on any of the previous Star Trek series, which is weird because Star Trek Discovery is a prequel. It takes place like five or eight years or something that before Captain Kirk takes, uh, takes, uh, leadership of the Starship Enterprise. Um, so, and it, revolves around another starship called Discovery, and I had the hardest time swallowing all of the great advances and all the great special effects and all the great technology that they show in the show, because it's so much better than everything, anything we've ever seen on previous Trek shows, but you kind of got to give up, you got to suspend belief and go with it, and if you go with it, it's really fun, and if you're a Trek fan, I think you'll enjoy it. Now, um, the second season, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, it's hard, you know, it's hard for me to say it's not really a Trek series because it's unlike any Trek series before. Nothing about it is traditional. Um, it's beyond a guilty pleasure for me. Uh, the, you know, they, they have these rules like the prime directive about like not, you know, you know, they're out in space and they're interacting with alien species and alien races and their prime directive is to not interfere. And and this season, that's exactly what they did with this whole entire planet, this whole race of Kelpians. They changed their entire, um, <laughs> the entire 
their existence, like everything that they knew about who they were, you know, the, the, the crew of the Star Trek Discovery, uh, of the USS Discovery, just changed their entire way of life, which is so ridiculous. But again, it's like, it's like a soap opera. It's like a space soap opera. Oh, it's as overly dramatic as it is silly. Um, they have this problem, I think, not a problem, but they have this thing with this savior complex thing where they have this character who everything revolves around this character. They are the savior. They always have the answers. They're always the one to save the day, um, which is such a tired trope. But because in this series, it is that savior is a female character, a black woman, Michael Burnham. Um, because she's the savior, I'm, I forgive it all because, you know, even though it's a tired trope, you don't usually have that savior character be a woman. So because it's a woman and it's handled so well, she's, it's act, she's acted well, she's written well. I, I love it. The other thing I really loved about Star Trek Discovery this season was the introduction of Captain Christopher Pike, who is the captain on the Starship Enterprise before Captain James Tiberius Kirk took uh, leadership, um, and Pike never really has gotten his due on in any of the Star Trek uh, series or movies. He's been mentioned, he's been played and cameoed in things, but this really was his time to shine. For reasons, Captain Pike took possession, uh, took leadership, command of Discovery, and he was the commanding captain all season long and he was fantastic uh the actor anson mount played him and i mean let me tell you this man is a good looking man and watching him in this role was such such a treat um every captain has a phrase they say when they like you know when they take off like captain picard goes engage or he goes make it so and captain pike's phrase is hit it. And let me tell you, when this man says hit it, that's exactly what I want to do. So I'm here for Captain Pike. I love Captain Pike. I want more of Captain Pike. Um, the other thing, another character I loved, uh, that was introduced this season was, uh, an engineer named Jet Reno played by comedian Tig Notaro. And she was great. She played herself. So if you know anything about Tig Notaro, um, and who who she is as a comedian, she played herself perfectly. Um, so the show is just so great. It's I, I love nerding out about Star Trek because it's just so geeky and it's so easy to fall down the rabbit hole of all this nerdy uh, technology and science fiction. Um, and as much as it took a long time for me to warm up to this season's storyline. When I finally did, I was just bought it hook, line, and sinker. You know, they did this whole thing with time travel, and I'm like, what? None of this makes any sense. Um, but you got to just go with it. And when you go with it, you have a really good time. Um, they introduced the Star Starship Enterprise this season, 
so at near the end they they there's a scene where they make a transition from discovery to enterprise and they move on to enterprise and the enterprise the de- the the helm of the enterprise looks like the original series so at that point i was kind of able to buy it i was kind of able to buy okay so there's this other ship discovery and it has all this amazing technology and it's so far more advanced than anything we've seen before but just because we didn't see it on like star trek the original series doesn't mean it didn't exist so maybe i'm fooling myself and maybe i'm drinking the kool-aid but watching this season long enough and seeing how it unfolded and then seeing them introduce the enterprise i totally believed you know the whole that this happened this prequel series happened before and whatever i just believed it um there's so much more that I want to see from Captain Pike and the crew of the USS Enterprise, number one, um, the first version of Spock, all of that. I want to see that. So hopefully, as Discovery moves forward with their future seasons, that they will have another series devoted to Captain Pike and uh, the crew of the USS Enterprise. Um, the, the last thing I want to say about Saturday, last but not least about Saturday, is that Sarah, my best friend Sarah, uh, came to L.A. for the weekend. She actually flew in on Thursday and spent Thursday and Friday with our friend Adriana. And they went to Joshua Tree and they had like their little girls trip, which was great. I love that they did that because I was busy working and going to princess concerts. Um, but Sarah... Um, came back from the desert and she stayed with me on Saturday. And then that night we went to go see the movie Little, which uh, was a fun movie. It wasn't great, uh, but it wasn't terrible. We, we enjoyed it. Um, the actress, the, the actress, the lead actress, the young actress, uh, Marseille Martin, the little girl from Blackish, was fantastic. Like, she alone made that movie worth watching. Uh, it was fun. The audience laughed consistently. I enjoyed it. I don't need to see it again, ever again, but I'm glad that we went. And one of the things that Sarah and I love to do is we love to see movies together. So um, she was in town. We went to go see uh, that movie together. On Sunday, so Sunday was a little bit of a somber day for me because while on Friday night I had an amazing night celebrating the music of Prince at the Princess concert, Sunday was the three-year anniversary of uh, Prince's death. And, you know, I'm never not going to miss that man. And I say this all the time. I'm never not going to miss Prince. Um, One of the most important people in my life, even though I never met him, he had a huge impact on my life. He still does. And his music will live on forever. And I'm comforted by the fact that we have decades and decades of amazing music to turn to and the promise of unreleased music to come. Um, So even though Prince will live on forever, it was a very sad occasion to mark the third anniversary of his death on Sunday. So um, I wanted to mention that because it was a very, his death was a very impactful thing for me. And... um, yeah, I, I still miss him. On on Sunday, probably because of his anniversary, uh, his estate announced that uh, his memoir is coming out in October. Uh, before Prince died, he talked in interviews about how he started writing a memoir for the first time, or an autobiography, whatever. And um, 
what we knew was he started it, but he didn't finish it before he passed away. And the, we've been told that he wrote 50 pages of text, and those 50 pages are going to be released in a memoir. Um, and the memoir book will be augmented with photos and other texts written by other people. So a real book is coming out in October. The Beautiful Ones is what it's titled. Um, and it will feature uh, the only text that Prince has ever written and released that we know of, that that it will be his first published memoir ever. Um, so that is something that I'm very much looking forward to. Um, so that was the Prince news for, for Sunday. Um, on Sunday, uh, which was Easter, uh, Sarah and I met up with Adriana and we had a nice little brunch and then we went out to visit the 90210 houses, the houses that were featured in Beverly Hills 90210, the Walsh house and Dylan's house. And, uh, Sarah and I actually recorded a a short little mini podcast that I still haven't decided if I'm going to release. So I'm not going to talk about our little trip and, and, I'm going to listen to the podcast that we recorded. And if I think it's good enough, I will publish it as a little bonus. So keep an ear out, keep an eye out on social media. I will mention it. I will announce if it gets released. So just know that we had a great day at the Walsh houses and uh, maybe you'll get to hear Sarah and I talk about how much fun we had when we were um, (laughs) playing uh, stalker slash tourists uh, at the 902, at the Beverly Hills 90210 houses. Um, that night, um, Game of Thrones, the second episode of season eight aired, and it was just such a great episode. People, let me tell you, it was lovely. It was a quiet episode, which just made everybody feel so good because all these characters who some of them had never met before and all of them were together getting ready, uh, for this big battle to come. And, you know, I'm not going to really recap, recap the whole episode, but it was just happy. People were crying. People got laid. Arya Stark got laid. She went up to Gendry and she was like, we are fucking. And she took her clothes off and they got to business. It was hilarious. It was awesome. Everybody, I'm telling you, I did it. You did it. Um, your, your aunt did it. Everybody who watched Game of Thrones on Sunday night was Googling how old is Arya Stark because when she started getting naked, I was like, what? What's going on? What? What is going on? This little girl's getting naked. But no, she is a 22-year-old woman um, playing an 18-year-old character. So good on her for getting her goodies on with cute little Gendry. Um, and as much as that episode was fun and a delight to watch. It was also a reminder that all these people are going to die. I mean, most of these people are going to die. Your favorites are going to die. Next week's episode, let me tell you, next week's episode is going to kill us all. It is an 82-minute long episode titled The Battle at Winterfell or The Battle of Winterfell. And it is going to be the longest episode of Game of Thrones ever. And the whole entire 82 minutes is going to be devoted to the battle, which means it will be the longest battle scene in television and film history. 
there has never been a battle scene longer than the one that we're going to see next week. For sure, people are going to die. So all the people that we loved watching uh, on this week's episode, little Arya, Gendry, Brienne, uh, Jamie Lannister, Tyrion, Sansa, um, Daenerys, Jon Snow, people are going to die. We don't know who's going to die, but people are going to die. People are going to die at Winterfell, and I think that people are going to die in King's Landing. I think Night King and his dragon, his ice dragon, uh, are going to fly their asses down while while everyone's all battling up at Winterfell. They're going to fly down, take King's Landing um, by surprise, probably turn a whole bunch of people down there into zombies, and those zombie asses are going to be marching back north and it's going to be a shit show. So you better be ready for next week because next week is going to be crazy. Don't do anything on Sunday. You need to stay your ass at home to watch Game of Thrones. If you can take Monday off to mourn, do it because it's coming. I'm telling you people it's coming. Next week's episode, that 82 minute episode, it took 55 days to film. So you think you're ready? You're not ready. Even if you don't think you're ready, you're not even ready for how not ready you are for next week's episode. So that's all I'm going to say. I, you know, and I think I'm rambling a little bit because I'm just hype. I'm, I'm hype. I'm excited. Uh, I'm loving the way that things are turning out this season. And next week is going to be crazy, crazy. So love your characters, love your Game of Thrones characters with all your heart all week long, because come next Sunday, they might be dead. So Sorry to tell that to you, but I'm telling that to you. Um, so that was Sunday. On Monday, Monday was Earth Day. And, you know, I I love the Earth. So uh, I didn't really get to do much to celebrate Earth Day. I was working. Um, I hugged a tree. I recycled. I didn't litter. Um, I used a water bottle instead of a plastic bottle. So Earth Day is every day, people. Let's love the Earth every single day, not just on Earth Day. But I do have to shout out that Monday was Earth Day. And love your Earth, love your mother. It's the only one we have. And um, be a good human. Don't don't pollute. Um, on Monday, uh, Disney announced that Star Wars Land will start taking uh, reservations. So if you want to go see Galaxy's Edge, quote-unquote, what everyone calls Star Wars Land, um, on starting on May 5th. May 5th? May 2nd? I wrote down May 5th, but now I'm thinking it was May 2nd. In early May. So look this up. You got some time. It's probably May 5th. Um, you will be able to reserve times to visit Galaxy's Edge. And they're giving people four-hour windows. So you're only going to have four hours to get in and get out, to see it all, experience it all, ride the rides, buy the shit, live in Star Wars fantasy land. And the cool thing about Star Wars land, if you don't know, is that everything about that part of the park will be completely Star Wars. There's no Disneyland signs. There's no Mickey Mouse um, the signs will be written in Star Wars languages with translators. Um, the stores that sell stuff, 
There won't be price tags like those Disney price tags. It's going to be an completely immersive experience. And it's going to change the way that theme that we think about theme parks. Like Disney kind of invented what we know of theme parks. And with Galaxy's Edge, people, I'm telling you, they're going to change it. Changing the game. So, of course, the demand is going to be crazy insane. So that's why they're doing this reservation system. So if you can get a reservation, get your reservation, go in, enjoy it. I'm going to do my best to, to get a reservation and to spend my four hours there. So maybe I'll see you there. Um, so yeah, that was the news on Monday. Um, oh, 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 also on Monday, AMC announced that for the release of Avengers Endgame this coming Thursday, uh, 17 AMC theaters are going to be open 24 hours a day from Thursday until Sunday this coming weekend. So to accommodate all these people who want to see Avengers Endgame for 24 hours, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, these AMCs will be open. So if you don't have your tickets, there's still hope. You can probably go Friday morning at 4.30 in the morning and get a ticket or Saturday at, you know, 2.12 in the morning or whatever. In the middle of the night, you can get your ass to an AMC to watch uh, Endgame. I have my tickets. I got my tickets when they went on sale, when AMC website crashed and people were losing their shit and, you know, it. all these early showings sold out. Um, I got my tickets, so I'm seeing it Thursday night. Uh, I'm not sure I'm, who I'm taking yet. I think I know who I'm taking. Um, I asked someone, and we'll see. So next week, I'm sure I'll be talking about uh, Endgame, and I'll let you know who I went with. And uh, yeah, so this Thursday, tomorrow, so this comes out on Wednesday. Tomorrow is Thursday. That's when Endgame comes out. So I uh, hope you have your tickets. Go see it. Uh, don't spoil it for the first weekend. I know people want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. I'm going to wait until next week to talk about it. And then even after that, I'm not sure how much I'm going to share because, you know, this is a movie that does not need to be spoiled. I mentioned last week that 10 minutes of the film leaked and people were watching it. No spoilers, people. Let's just all enjoy it. 10 years in the making. It all ends here. It all wraps up. We're probably going to be crying and laughing and celebrating. Let's all just have that experience. So I'll be talking about Endgame next week. Um, And that was the news for uh, Tuesday. Uh, uh, Monday. Uh, Tuesday, two things I want to talk about. First, um, was the concert that I just saw. So Ministry, uh, is featured in a Wax Tracks documentary called, uh, Industrial, Industrial Waste or something like that. It's, it's a documentary about Wax Tracks, the record company from Chicago who put out all the most quintessential and essential industrial albums of all time. And Ministry is going out on tour uh, to promote the release of this documentary. And they're perform- and they performed free shows in New York, in Chicago, in San Francisco. And they performed on Tuesday here in LA. And 
it was touch and go if I was going to get to make it because I had to work and then it was like it's general mission and it's first come first serve but as soon as I could got out of work I hauled my ass down to the Terragram ballroom got in line met some very nice people and we got in and the show was fan-fucking-tastic um Cold Cave opened Great, great band. Love Cold Cave. They put on a great show, but we all were there for ministry. And the great thing about ministry's set was it was all Wax Tracks era songs. So everything from the late 80s, early 90s, they performed Stigmata. They performed Just One Fix. They performed New World Order. They performed So What? They, uh, for their encore, they performed... um, uh, a Thousand Homo DJs song, Supernaut, which Al Jorgensen was a member of Thousand Homo DJs, along with Trent Reznor. And I kind of was hoping that Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails was going to come out and perform Supernaut with them, but unfortunately he did not. Uncle Al did the honors and and sang the lead, so that was cool. Um, and for the finale, they performed Every Day is Halloween acoustic, and it was beautiful, and I got it all on video, and I will be uploading it to YouTube. So be on the lookout for that if you want to see it. it. They performed it at other cities and it's out there online. So if you haven't seen it, you can see it. Or you can wait and see my video. It will be online. And uh, I'm so glad I got to see the show because I really, really wanted to see uh, this. I, I mean, I love ministry. And I've seen ministry for like the past, you know, tours that they've done but they perform like their newer stuff and like one or two old songs which is great I'm all for that but this show in particular this concert in particular was all Wax Tracks era all classics all the hits with the fire and passion uh, that you expect from ministry so it was a great great show I had the best time I'm so glad I got to go. Shout out to Jessica, Jessica Reinhardt. She and I um, hung out for Record Store Day last week, and we we talked about going to the show together. She managed to go as well. She got to go to the documentary and see the screening. She was there. I didn't see her, but we were all in the same moshy pit. So shout out to Jessica if you're listening to this. Uh, I know you had a great time because I had a great-ass time. Now... The last thing I want to talk about um, to about news that came out on Tuesday and to wrap out this uh, week's podcast um, is that Britney Spears, our dear Britney Spears, who I love so much, posted a message on Instagram, a video message where she uh, talked to her fans and gave them a message personally from her heart. Hi guys, just checking in with all of you who are concerned about me, all is well. My family has been going through a lot of stress and anxiety lately, so I just needed time to deal. But don't worry, I'll be back very soon. So, in addition to the video that she posted, she also um, she also posted a uh, message on Instagram where um, she basically... Uh, the message was probably not written by her. It's hard to tell. But the message that she wrote to uh, her her fans is this, and I'm going to read it to you. Um, it says, I wanted to say hi because things that are being said have just gotten out of control. 
wow, there's rumors, death threats to my family and my team, and just so many things, crazy things being said. I'm trying to take a moment for myself, but everything that's happening is just making it harder for me. Don't believe everything you read and hear. These fake emails everywhere were created by Sam Lutfi years ago. I did not write them. He was pretending to be me and communicating with my team with a fake email address. My situation is unique, but I promise I'm doing what's best at this moment. You may not know this about me, but I am strong and stand up for what I want. Your love and dedication is amazing, but what I need right now is a little bit of privacy to deal with all the hard things that life is throwing my way. If you could do that, I would be forever grateful. Love you. Heart, heart, heart. Now, I mentioned last week um, about this thing going on in social media, this free Britney thing, and I even hate mentioning it because I don't want to give them any publicity because these people are delusional, crazy, selfish fans, quote-unquote fans, who who have taken it upon themselves to save Britney from some, from these ridiculous, outlandish, exaggerated fantasies that they've concocted where she's locked up and whatever. We don't know what's going on. And that's the whole point of this. We don't know what's going on. These crazy people don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. So none of this is helpful, you know? Um, it was reported that Brittany decided that she wanted to take some time. She's at a retreat or she's at a um, facility getting treatment or something. Whatever she's doing, this woman wants to be left alone. And she deserves it. She has given us so, years of entertainment and enjoyment, um, you know, ups and downs at her best, at her worst. She's given us so much. Can we just leave her alone? To quote, the very famous um, Chris Crocker, leave Britney alone. Like this crazy movement, you know, these people have, they're doing protests. It's, it's, who knows who they're protesting and where and what they're meant. These people are just, in my opinion, selfish, looking for attention. You know, their little their little movement has gotten some attention and it's gone to their heads. You can't go on social media anywhere without people talking this crazy shit. And it's really annoying. And I mean, that's just my opinion. But then you have, you know, the point where Brittany decided or her team decided or collectively decided or whatever, they decided that... Um, they wanted to put out a statement. So Brittany um, recorded her, her, her video statement and then they published her written statement. And it's just sad, you know? It's just, it's just sad, the whole situation, whatever she's going through, we don't know. Um, the fact that she men- mentioned Sam Lutfi is very interesting to me because that man, in my opinion, has done terrible, terrible things. And all through her, when she had her really down time back in 2007 and her breakdown and when she was really in trouble uh in my opinion that man is at the heart of the worst of what happened to her and she if she's mentioning his name now that's not good because because it's it's at least reminding her of that time or um she feels that he's maybe trying to get back 
at her or he's trying to stir up trouble. Um, he might be involved in this whole movement of like these crazy people spreading these delusional rumors. Um, so that's not good. It's not good that she's mentioning him, but at least we have a statement. She wants people to leave her alone. Let's just leave her the fuck alone, please. Um, you know, Brittany has, again, her whole life has been entertaining us. And if, if she wants to go away and never record and never perform again, I'm okay with that. I love her more than anything, but I'm okay with that because, um, I'm convinced if things continue this way, um, you know, trolls online are never satisfied, you know, even with this statement, you know, it's fake. She's a puppet. She's robotic. She's drug. You know, they're saying all these really, really terrible things. The public is going to kill her. The public is going to be the cause of her death. If we don't leave her alone, leave her alone. I get that people maybe at the core of it, they have in their heart, they want to help her. They want the best for her. They can't help her. They can't do anything. So all of this crazy shit that they're doing by drumming up rumor and conjecture and lies and hyping up on one another, it is only making the situation worse. Even if it's not making the situation worse, for sure it's not making it better. So this is why I want nothing to do with it. I don't want to acknowledge them. Can I just tell you people, and my friends can attest to this, um, it is hard for me to not, I have control issues sometimes and it doesn't come across a lot because most of you know me like, cause I write and when you write, you can really take your time and you can write something and then go away and then come back and read it and edit it. And it can go through some revisions until it's ready for, for public consumption. But like, on the real, I kind of have a little bit of a hair trigger. I got it from my mom. She had a fiery temper. So love you, mom. But I, you know, I got it from her. I had years of therapy to get it under control, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting off topic. So it is difficult for me sometimes to read these comments and not want to just go off on people and just be like, mm, you blah, 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 blah. F you la, 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 blah, 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 blah. So, um, I, I've been practicing as practicing as much restraint as I as I can lately because these people have been working my nerves. First it was annoying, you know, eye rolling annoying. And then um seeing reading the the mess the the message that was posted and then hearing Britney's video um it's I think it's dangerous. I think it's it's it needs to stop. Um, it won't stop. I know it won't stop. These people will never be satisfied. You know, they call themselves fans. They're trolls. They are selfish, dangerous, in my opinion, dangerous trolls. And they're never going to be satisfied. So, um, you know, if people don't leave Brittany alone, I hope that she, if she decides to, to just go away, retire, live her life with her children, her family, her boyfriend... I fully support that because, again, not to get over dramatic and not to be hysterical and um, over the top myself, but we've seen it. We've seen this happen with other people. 
with other mega celebrities, um, you know, people are driven to the brink and then they do drastic things. And I just, I just don't want Britney's life to end in tragedy. I want her to be happy. Of course I want her to perform. Of course I want her to come back and, you know, be on stage and give us more, more, more. Um, but not at the risk of her health. So, um, I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I have to say about Brittany. And it's interesting that, um, and I was thinking about this when, you know, when I was thinking about what I wanted to say about Brittany's post was, you know, um, as soon as I decided to come back into, you know, the pop culture world of commentary, uh, be it in podcast form, um, we have Britney news, you know, like, you know, it's, I don't know what that means. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to assign any importance to it. I'm not going to pretend that I, it's, you know, it's meant to be, and I'm meant to, to talk about it. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say, um, I just remember I spent as much time as I could celebrating and, uh, lifting up and, uh, just gushing about how much I love Britney and everything that she did through the ups and through the downs. I was always as positive as I could be. It all came from a place of love. And, uh, that's where I still am. So to, to, to think about what she might be going through, that hurts me to see how these ridiculous fans, stands, trolls, you know, how they're reacting to, to complete uh, unsubstantiated rumor is disgusting, enraging, infuriating. Uh, so, again, I just felt compelled to talk about it, and uh, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, devote a little bit of time to talk about Brittany. And wherever she is, I hope she's doing well. And I know that you love her as much as I do. Um, maybe you don't, but I know that, um, we only want the best for people. We don't wish ill will towards, you know, people (laughs) usually. Um, but Brittany is just, everybody loves Brittany. And if you don't love Brittany, fix your life. You know, I don't want to know you. If you don't love Brittany, I don't want to know you. Um, she's, she's one of my favorites and, uh, yeah. Okay. So now, now I definitely know I'm rambling. I'm, I'm going on and on and on. So, uh, that is the week. That is the week. So this, uh, is my second full podcast all wrapped up. And, um, this is fun. Uh, I was a little nervous the first time I recorded my little mini intro podcast and then I, I, I was surprised at how much I hit my stride in last week's episode. And in this week's episode, you know, I, I, I made sure that I had a list of what I wanted to talk about. And, um, and, it, and this has been fun. This has been fun. And I hope it's been fun for you. And I hope it continues to be fun. My plan is to keep doing this, to, to keep um, moving forward, to make this better, bells and whistles. I mentioned that before. I want to make this better and I'm, I'm going to. And yeah, it's, it's, 
it's where I'm at right now, and uh, I hope I hope it's something that you enjoy. Please let me know. Uh, I loved getting the feedback before. Please give me more. Um, you know, what do you want to hear? What kind of things do you like in other podcasts that you think I should do? I'm not going to listen to a lot of podcasts because I don't want to like steal ideas. I kind of want to just organically figure out how this is going to flesh itself out. Um, but I think using my experience with Pink is New Blog as the blueprint of moving forward, I think is a good place to start. And we will see uh, how things progress. So um, yeah. All right. So I'm going to wrap up and I'm going to start collecting information for next week. Next week, I'm sure we'll be talking about uh, Avengers, probably talking about Game of Thrones. And who knows, those two things individually might be so impactful and important that I might even record individual mini episodes that will come as bonus for next week. So um, we'll see about that. Keep an ear out for the bonus I have for you this week. Uh, my best friend Sarah and I talking about the uh, our visit to the 90210 houses. And uh, hope you enjoy that. And I'm going to sign off this week uh, by telling you all thank you for the feedback. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a friend. Um, thank you for your suggestions. And uh, yeah, so that's it. Bye. Oh, yeah. And one last thing. Ontas?